This is Thomas Gosson of Mind's Eye, the web series, and you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Computer, status report. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. No! Good evening, everybody. It is TalkCast 97, and we are calling tonight for lack of anything better. Oh, shit. There's a something coming up the coast, and we're all going to get killed. Or maybe not. Anyhow, in lieu of the hurricane coming up the coast and taking out most of the East Coast with it, I am the dome deep in Area 51 at the sub-level 5 orifice examination in the hot tub showroom. Uh, joining the talk cast tonight from the Revere Time Vortex, it is Sushi Chef and Cat Wrangler, Kriana. Sometimes it's Cat Sushi. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to think about that. E. From the Four Color Vault in, of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, the woman who believes a wine press is a busty wench and an iron maiden, it's my very, very good friend and delicious co-host, Dead Ed. I'm a pretty busty maiden, so I know about maidens. Busty maidens. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also joining us tonight uh, from her stacks in the personal silent, silent room of the Pastafarian reading room, it's Sombrarian. Hello. Oh, there you are. I didn't know you were joining us tonight. What? I didn't forget you. It's always a, it's always a wonder, wonderful thing to have the grammar Nazi on the phone with us doing the Tomcast. We love having you. And from Outpost Gallifrey, uh, Crop Circle Showroom, Nymphomania Test Center, Montclair, New Jersey, it's our very own Captain Segway, Awake by Java. Hey, um, some advice for those of you out on the coast. If a dolphin hits your port, don't go outside to see if it's okay. That's how the hurricane tricks you into coming outside. <laughs> and like I, I always shark? thought first day... Exactly, they would knock and go, oh, lion shark, but, but no, evidently <laughs> not. <laughs> Joining us uh, this week is uh, a friend of ours, Joshua Emmons, who uh, we met at uh, the Comic-Con, where was that? Summit Java? City Comic-Con. And that was the Summit City Comic-Con. Summit City, and which is not in a city called Summit, but I guess Fort Wayne <laughs> is the Summit City. Was, was there a summit it's, done it's, there at one point or another? No, no, it's it's supposed to be like some kind of raised area in Indiana, which um, kind of amounts to a, a hillock, I think. Is what <laughs> but to call it the Hillock City Comic Con would have been silly. The strange thing is that Fort Wayne is the is the center of uh, three rivers come together here in Fort Wayne. Uh, we have three of them, and so it, I don't understand why we are the summit. It just doesn't make any sense. Rivers but, not uh, known for traveling over summits, you mean? Right. <laughs> if you were on top of a mountain and it was like the Summit City, that would totally make sense. Well, that would be cool, yes. Or or if, if like the Potsdam Conference was there, it could have been the Summit City Comic Con. <laughs> but but no. there is, there, there, it is kind of the Summit. I mean, there is no other place in the world that has so many fast food restaurants, churches, and strip clubs. I mean, that's yes, that is one right after the other. Have you been to know, Pittsburgh, all, Pennsylvania? All 
<laughs> I was going to say, and, and this is just an aside to absolutely nobody in particular. There, there was in fact a yard sale at a strip club today up by us. And you went, what? didn't you? I was there. Yes, I was totally there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there will be absolutely no comments fa- about what it was that went down. Nice <laughs> yes, well, no comment. Anyhow, <laughs> let's get to the week. Because it was an interesting week. And I want to start Dead Redhead with uh, the poll we passed on uh, on uh, our Facebook this week. Which was, yes. what comic book character should get the next big budget Hollywood treatment? That's right. And what seconds? Huh? None of them. What? I'm tired None of None of them. Stop ruining <laughs> Well, we comic thought about books. that. I thought about that afterward. I thought, you know, maybe I should have said the indie movie treat instead of the big budget. But if you had the chance, far and away, with seven votes out of, we actually had close to 30 people vote, um, was Sandman. Everybody wants to see the Sandman. I know that people have been talking about the Sandman movie for a long time. Neil Gaiman has talked about the Sandman movie for a long time. Um, He's been babbling about it for years. And I can't imagine um, why anybody would want to see it. Do you really want to see it? Seriously? Yes. I feel like I want. Well, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Sandman is such a, a, a uh, such a there, there's such a variety in the stories that are told in, during in the Sandman series um, that you know you, you really can't say you can't make it into a movie like because the origin of Sandman has has right. not been dealt with. Right, so you can't make a movie that introduce you just you're just kind of thrown into the world when you start reading those comics, and it takes a long time to understand this. It's it's a very literary graphic novel, right? And and it's well, they those would, kind of things are hard to adapt. They probably have to use the part where they he's kind of in a slave like situation, and the person gets his um, the helmet. And they, they're able to get all the things that he needs, and then they kind of bring him out of the slave-like kind of thing that they had him in the bottle, if you will, letting the genie out of the bottle, and then go from there. I mean, you could barely, might be, might be able to touch upon, you know, one quick scene with death or something, but it's it's going to be very complicated. I think you're right about that, Jack. Would be good to well, see. At the have, same time, it's so complicated. I have two words to say about any new superhero movie that he wants to do, and and I'm just going to leave it at that. Green Lantern. Well, exactly. Well, that already happened. So we're so worried. But about yeah, the, no, it's you not shut your point. face. Green Lantern <laughs> did not happen. shut your face. <laughs> not, not only. It, it was possibly the poorest execution ever. Don't say I don't that. I will, I will say that. You know what? Lantern, if you say though, that, pretty, they're just going to one-up you and make a worse one. Well, I'll say about the Green Lantern movie, and, and certainly there have been better superhero adaptations, but, you know, my, my non-comic friends now, when I talk about, you know, the Lantern of Sector or whatever, they, they now know what I'm talking about. So it has... Very introduced, uh, you know, uh, people outside my circle to the things I talk about. Okay, but by the same token, you can watch a Prilosec commercial, and then everybody knows what acid reflux is. It doesn't make it any good. 
No, I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying even it's bad, it may still have served a purpose. It, I, think it's what, I think what Josh is saying is that it's bringing the story to people who otherwise might not have been interested in picking up a comic book. I wouldn't call it a story, per se. <laughs> but, it's bringing a character yes. to people who might not otherwise have been interested in an actual okay. story. Okay, guys. How all about it brought, this? All it brought into the world was CGI abs. There you go. Hey, it What's brought Ryan Reynolds into a really, really <laughs> bad situation. Dead Redhead, Hello? back me yep. up here. What is I'm so Ryan wrong Reynolds. about CGI abs? <laughs> well, wait, it, wait, it wait, runs... wait, 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 wait. Number two, the poll was Doctor Horrible. So I want to know what people's opinion are of seeing Doctor Horrible in a movie. Haven't we already yes, seen Dr. Horrible in a movie? No, what but uh, in a really? And it's something really other do. than... Yeah, I mean, if, if we actually... The 99-minute the treatment of, of uh, Dr. Horrible, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure I want that either. I kind of like it the way it is. Um, so, yeah. don't, can, can I just, for a minute here... Um, no. You've been doing, you and, and Winter, I think, is it Winter, have been doing a series of posts, movies I wish you'd seen? Oh, yeah. Well, Winter has taken a slightly different turn on it, but yeah, for the most part. Okay. I think I need to, I think I need to start a series of posts saying, movies I wish I hadn't seen. <laughs> I think you're right. Last weekend, <laughs> last weekend, I saw one of those, and it was called Watchmen. Yeah, you oh. know, I tend to agree with you. I that, tend to agree. I liked it. It's I the like biggest watch. piece of crap. Thank you, Java. I, I couldn't Thank even you. finish I'm it. I couldn't I even watch the last really hour. I looked up the end of the plot and went, well, fuck, it's not getting any better. Click. The only thing it, it did do, the only good thing in our house, was that we kept looking at each other and saying, that would have been really cool in the graphic novel. We should read the graphic novel. You know what? That movie yeah. brought to the world glowing blue penine. That's about it. <laughs> it was only one so. I I completely disagree with. That. I thought the Watchmen movie was fantastic. I thought it was very uh, very faithful to the graphic novel. It was filmed in a very nice way that that showed off the visual nature of the story. Uh, I thought that the casting was fantastic. I thought that act was yeah. mediocre for most of the characters. Okay, wait a minute though. Did you read the graphic novel first though? Absolutely, because how could you and not? Now I really don't even care to. But see, that's that's the way it is with a lot of these movies. You know, we're, what we're what we're coming to, I mean, un unless it's the first time you've encountered this character or these, you know, like for example, I've never read any Captain America uh, America comics before I went and saw the movie. Um, I uh, <laughs> you that you, was a really good movie. <laughs> the, the the movie the movie becomes an a, a, an expression of the story, completely different media. So I mean, That's Watchmen true. is a fantastic story, and it's even as a movie, it's a fantastic story. It's got depth. It it has real characters who you know really think and feel and act based on those thoughts and feelings. You know that. The, it's a fantastic story, and I uh, think that it, it was. A, okay. that I don't think it came through in the movie, and I think that the faithfulness of which it was shot was painfully obvious where they had put scenes in that weren't in the original. Like Heather and I, Zombrian and I, would look at each other and been like, "Well, that one was in the book. That one wasn't. 
like you could tell which ones were framed sort of like a comic book and i think that actually hurt the film rather than helped it because it was so distracting the other thing that i found very distracting in that movie points that were going on that i didn't get the depth of character that there may be in the graphic novel i didn't even care and i i kind of hoped they all died I also, see, the uh, pacing of the film was very cool. And it was slow as shit. The, the, thing, the thing that really bothered me more about Watchmen, more than anything else, was that it's kind of a subgenre of, of uh, superhero noir. And hmm. it was right at that level. Uh, and it, it's really deep in that subgenre. And that's a genre that got old very, very quickly, I think. But it's not one that I didn't like. And I it, enjoyed okay, no, I it's one that major... I didn't like, to be honest with you. So, yeah. I mean, I was set up to like this. I wasn't, you know, going into this. I was I was super psyched to see it, honestly. Now I'm really scared to watch the new Star Trek. I still haven't seen it. And now I'm like, oh, my first instinct about Watchmen was right. And now I'm really scared to watch the Star Trek. Oh, no, no, Star you Trek can watch that one. It's okay. But, but the major failing of Watchmen is that the in the graphic novel, I mean, it was a, a reinterpretation, deconstruction comic book in the graphic novel. Movies really need to be a reinterpretation of superhero movies as opposed to trying to be a reinterpretation of comic books. Because very it just good didn't point, really. Josh. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. agree with That's that. That's a very good yeah. point. Good call. And the only thing we see in that movie is like the nod to the uh, Shoemaker Batman you know, like kind of uh, foam aesthetic suits, but nothing in the story, nothing in the storytelling, which is a real shame. So, movies I wish you hadn't seen. <laughs> movies I wish I hadn't seen. Movies I wish I hadn't seen may be, may be a very appropriate way to go with this. We can also add television series and we can talk about Smallville at that point. Here's a movie we probably, <laughs> here's a movie we probably, uh, I'm, I'm going to uh, throw it out there and go, okay, uh, you know, there, there are franchises that are good. There are franchises that you, you cringe when the next one comes out. But when a franchise movie is every 10 to 15 years and the next one comes out, it, it kind of gives you pause. And right now, um, after talking about it for nine years, Ghostbusters 3 is ready to start filming. No! In no! I don't see how that could work exactly. Ghostbusters was so 80s, and it was like quintessential 80s. And yeah, the second it, it, one was bad. Way, not like a, you know, poofy hair way. Ghostbusters was, was bad. Ghostbusters was Legos in the carpet, Mario on the television, <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that overwhelming, you know, sense that the world is completely contained inside this little bubble that involves uh, dragons and swords and cowboys. Yeah. Because, just, and because your problem with would, that is what? I just, no, I just it's don't think that fantastic. it works anymore. It's They're the going to have to do some ever. drastic reimagining and it may not work. It probably won't you know, work. Here's the, thing about the, here's the thing about the new Ghostbusters movie that, that, I, that makes me hopeful is that all of the characters, the original actors, are on board with it. They knew yep. that the second movie sucked, and they said it. I mean, yep. they have. I think, I think everybody has said, including the director of the movie, has said that that yep. movie sucked. And this one, they say, doesn't <laughs> suck. So, 
and of course that might be because it's not out yet and they want people to go see it but I, you know what i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that i trust them so but i mean here here's what you got going for you ivan reitman's going to direct it Aykroyd, ramus and bill murray are going to be back in it now there are a thousand ways that could go wrong but there are also <laughs> a million ways to go right <laughs> and I'm, I'm telling you right now if they begin production in 2012 the way they're supposed to and Sigourney Weaver is coming back too I mean okay. come on you know what though I think I think that um, I'm just I'm not I'm a, I'm just about the same amount excited about Ghostbusters as I am about Frankenweenie which actually comes out next year <laughs> anybody else no, no I, I'm, 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 I have the short and I like the short and I yeah. love the original I really do I love 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 the original I, I wonder why you would turn that into a full length movie I wonder what could be significantly better than that nine minute movie um, you know I, I, I love I know I know how about how about the while he was working on the short we're wasting company resources. And now I'm going to be like, haha, Disney, people do want to see this. Or maybe I'll bootleg it because then they won't get the money. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll send it I know. directly to Tim Burton for $12. There we go. I'd rather do that. But so, on other movie news from Disney, awesome. uh, on other <laughs> movie news from Disney, though, there there is a new movie uh, that's it was shown at the D23 Expo, or at least a, uh, four and a half minutes of, of it were, and it is a video game-influenced movie called Wreck-It Ralph. Excuse me? Wreck-It Ralph? What? Yeah, okay. Wreck-It Ralph. W- W-R-E-C-K? Yeah. And oh, okay. uh, it, it, apparently the, the movie begins inside of an 8-bit game. And, okay, I'm uh, going to call Snore already. <laughs> so in in movies I think you should see last night Zombarian and I went to go see Fright Night oh you awesome. oh, really time. did what go to go see that Ugh. it was a good time here's the thing I can't get they knew to it go wasn't going to be a scary movie so they made it hysterical they, it is funny and it's gory and it's a scary funny movie and it's the best combination I think I've ever seen of a, a horrific movie that is also besides maybe also um, the 1980s version of The Fly. <laughs> no, seriously, Colin Farrell, wow. when did you become John Stamos? And Uncle Jesse, why are you threatening <laughs> these kids? <laughs> like, he was, he was channeling Uncle Jesse so hard that it literally took three quarters of the movie to, for me to realize, oh, he's not a nice vampire. <laughs> he looks like Uncle Jesse. And he keeps killing people. She Why was not full house, kids. <laughs> oh, boy. No, no, but it was it was really hysterically funny. I thought the casting was pretty good. I thought the casting was pretty much spot on. And David Tennant, okay. I, won't even, I don't even have to say that he saves the movie. He just adds 
to just an, already, an already amusing movie, he makes it awesome. Tenet is a terrific actor, and I'll go see him do virtually anything and give anything that he does the benefit of the doubt. Okay, okay, but it just had to be that every time he said something funny, I had to imagine the doctor saying it, and then when he said <laughs> leather is so chafy, I nearly died. <laughs> it was hey, really listen. funny if you play that But you know what? You know what, though? We have a, no- a new Doctor Who, de- Who episode tonight. We do. We do indeed. We do the Let's kill Hitler. Let's kill Hitler time. And I cannot, cannot, cannot wait to see it. Speaking of which, and this is my segue, uh, we're getting close to September, which means we have to start thinking about those new calendars coming in. Uh, you know, because come come January, you're all going to need new calendars. And there's there's a great new calendar called Cosplay for a Cause, um, and it's a calendar <laughs> of. Shh, be nice now. This is actually fairly cool. <laughs> With the events that happened in Japan and continuing repercussions, cosplayers from all over the world have come together Aww. to support the Japanese people. 100% of the proceeds from this calendar are going to the Japanese Red Cross. And I got to tell you, this is, oh, I don't know. How can I put this? The most freaking beautiful calendar I've seen in years. That means- there's boobs for those of you listening who don't understand. That means they're not necessarily boobs, but incredibly, incredibly hot, beautiful, boobs. sexy. Boobs. Boobs. Okay, fine. There are boobs. And it is just something else. Uh, I'm going to put a link on, on the uh, cast today uh, so that you can go to their website. You can check it out and do what I did, which is drop $17 and help the cause and all the entire proceeds, all $17 go to the Japanese Red Cross. It's a kind of cool idea. I really think it's wonderful. And I'm and if saying. you haven't already, because I hadn't and I felt really bad about it and I knew that September 1st was coming up, um, you might want to head over to the Brown Coats Redemption site and pick up your copy of Brown Coats Redemption because... Absolutely. It will go away forever in in just a few days. There's so, a counter on our website for it. Be sure to use uh, the code SCIFI, is it SFSN11 to pick up your copy. As in 2011, you get a, it is. You get you get two or you get one dollar off. All the same amount goes but to charity. The do- exactly the dollar is off the actual shipping charges. The same amount of money will still go to the charities. And in two weeks, live from Dragon Con, will be Mike Doherty talking to us about just giving us the kind of overview of what the past year has been like for him since Browncoat's Redemption came out and all the cool things that have happened to the movie, to the people involved in the movie, and where we go from there. So we're looking forward to talking to Mike in two weeks. Doherty, if you're listening, we love you, buddy. And don't forget don't forget when you're at Dragon Con to pick me up a copy of that poster that we talked about. <laughs> wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Say no more. I don't know. I wasn't actually looking at it, but you may, in fact, be correct. Yes, That's Labor Day weekend. Yes. yes. 
Okay. Get it right now. You're right. It is next week, uh, the third. It is. It is. Yes. It is the third, which is next Saturday, and which is when DragonCon is to boot. Well, while you will be able to see Mike Doherty and the and the Sci-Fi Saturday Night crew at DragonCon, uh, no, you guys aren't going to be there, are you? Mm-hmm. No. Anyway, I uh, in Georgia, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, because um, Bob Bird is always there. One of these days, I will. One thing. Meet. One thing that you will not get to see is Lock and Key. Because yeah, Lock and Key what's the deal with not, going up? Okay, so um, the deal is that there was a trailer made for Lock and Key about a year ago. Um, and I'm, I'm, I've got to pull it up here. Wait, I think it was on the, okay. um, the, the trailer was made almost a year ago for, for lock and key, which is Joe Hill's, uh, comic book about a, a house and keys and a family, etc. Um, oh, it's, it's one of the best comic books that I'm reading right now. Um, it is but, excellent. but Fox passed after, uh, look, seeing the trailer, and uh, it looks like there's no plans for for any anyone else to pick it up either. But Wait a if minute. you get a so chance, you're telling me that look Fox at- actually killed a TV series. No, the, the weird thing is that they killed it before it began. Usually, they let it start. You know, <laughs> you know, let it get to the point where it's it's starting to recognize its parents and walk around, and then kill it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very, very true. Have a tendency to do that. If you go to our yeah, Facebook, see. if you go to our Facebook site, folks, you can see the link to uh, to where it is. We had it up yeah, there. Yeah, they keep taking it down, but um, you know, you you can find it because somebody will put it up. The thing is that they passed on it, but they're going to pick up uh, or they're going to redo exit strategy. What the hell is exit strategy? Uh, it's a uh, other stupid. It, it's Ethan Hawke. Uh, he's the guy who did it. Um, it's, <laughs> it's a CIA thing where they go in to go to get it, get a person or something like extract somebody out of a hostage situation or something, and then because that's oh some boy. Yeah, because you know what, you know, you know what, uh, television really needs is more cop dramas. Yes, more we procedurals. That's what we call for. We don't have enough of those. I think we, what they should really do is put on some more CSIs. There are some cities that haven't really been dealt with yet. You know, <laughs> CSI Des Moines. CSI Al- Albuquerque. Um, yeah, good idea. CSI Oana. CSI Springfield. <laughs> yes, with with uh, Ralph Wiggum, yeah, CSI Springfield. I like that one. So, listen, the one thing that uh, the TV really, really needs more than anything else right now another Law and Order. New, Law and Order in an, your pants. No, another Star Trek series, right? Right? Yes. Right? Yes. No. Yes. Not, yes. Yes. I, I kind of think it's about time that we kind of just everybody take a look at what they did with Enterprise and just take a step back. But David Foster says no and is pushing CBS to consider a new Star Trek series that he and Ken Severson 
put together before Kevin's death. Uh, kind of bothers me. Kind of bothers me. It Wish doesn't bother me at all. Star I want the Academy series that they've been talking about since like the eighties. No, this is not that. Um, he, there's a couple of quotes. Uh, the Junior code name Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek Light. CSI. Um, star, this, this show. <laughs> CSI, star star. Trek CSI. Star Trek CSI. <laughs> oh man, CSI Academy. Anyway. Um, the show would take place after Star Trek Voyager in the timeline and only focus on Roddenberry's positive view of the future, bringing Star Trek back to its origins while moving forward with the timeline, integrating the best aspects of each of the previous series, energized with a much younger cast and using cutting-edge future technologies with newly envisioned special effects and designs, Includes Klingons, Ferengis, Andorians, and Vulcans, Trill, and many more. Hey, will we? So, yeah, yeah, go, yeah. Go check it out. What, <laughs> it what can't be fun? Worse than what you're doing on Eureka? Ah, uh, what fun? What okay, fun okay, is a positive okay. view of the future? The future is not positive. <laughs> the future is full of Borg. This is not acceptable. Thank you, Mr. Dick. I, I really appreciate that. And I'm not sure whether it's Andy Dick or Philip K. Dick. Or just any old dick. <laughs> Seriously, though, I was surfing IO9 the other day, and they had a list of top ten shows um, that care about science, and Eureka was on it, and then I shut the window. Yep, because Eureka is probably the worst science ever. It's, it's pseudoscience at its worst. It's fun, yeah, I, I, I agree. I love it. It's still just techno babble. There's no actual science anywhere. So is Star Trek. I didn't say Star Trek had it. I, I didn't see if they claimed Star Trek was on the list either because I shut the window. But, um, <laughs> because um, you didn't look. <laughs> shows that I would say cared about science, maybe Bones. Sometimes they do yeah. actual science early stuff. Bones. Yeah, early Bones. Current Bones, not so much. Um, they care about Bones and boning. Yeah, boning. And, Fringe and that a wonderful little bit. Top show, uh, uh, GP really. and the Ferg. At the beginning, at the beginning, they would talked about sciencey things, though. Yeah, but they weren't real sciencey things. They were made up sciencey things. Their techno babble is better, perhaps. It's still not caring about actual science. That's no, the thing not to fringe. have a science fiction show. Next Gen had the best techno babble, though. They really did. Really? Seriously, go back and watch it again now, though. Really, because you know, at the t well, best in terms of consistent, their techno babble stayed consistent, and if if they attributed something, it stayed that way. That's true. Eureka, it's kind of like a new thing every day, and they make up new jargon for it, and then forget about it the next day. Right, exactly, and that's <laughs> kind of what sets it apart as, as being just not really great. Is that you know they give you they give you a piece of techno something. And then they toss it away, and the next week it's a whole new, different techno something. If they didn't toss it away, I would say that their techno babble is better, quality-wise. Yeah, exactly. Plausibility-wise, because some of the shit that they say on Next Generation is just like, really? No, well, I know here's the shit. thing. I was watching, <laughs> I was watching, when I finished watching Next Generation, um, the, they had a special, and apparently the writers, when they needed to put something in, they just wrote tech 
and then uh, the the <laughs> yeah, designers they, of the show would go in and it up. fill it in. So well, you that know, was also, at least that was a lot different. Like when Roddenberry was overseeing the show, the the stuff was a lot more plausible than when Berman came in and you know. Well, yeah, it was guys like Berman that pretty much killed off the franchise. Let's be realistic. Yeah, yeah seriously. Okay, I have but Ron Berry was the guy on that show who cared about tech. More Q. There, <laughs> there, there is a wonderful song. Look it up, everybody. There's a wonderful song by the singer Voltaire, not the writer, the singer Voltaire, that's called The USS Make Shit Up. And it's ama- it's one of my favorite songs. <laughs> well, you know what? Um... I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> Make it hey, up. We'll Make it up. up. Yeah, go for it. That's okay, because <laughs> while, while you're trying to remember that, I found this great... Configure great... the deflector shield to, to parse the deltoid radiation. No, cycle the frequencies of the deflector shield and invert it try, to repel. Try or... inverting the frequencies of the tachyon <laughs> pulse. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay, kids. While you're busy doing that, I came across this wonderful uh, graphic on the world's wide web uh, called 18 Things That You Didn't Know About Firefly. Now, mm. Firefly is possibly one of my all-time favorite, 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 favorite shows. Really? And favorite? Really? Yeah. I mean, I know it's hard to believe, but it's actually one of my favorite shows. Also very and, and I started reading oh. it, and I kind of went, holy shit, there's some cool stuff here. Uh, for example, are you aware of the fact that there is a copy of Firefly and Serenity on the International Space Station? It's one of the few movies that's up there. That's awesome. I thought that I thought that was kind of cool. If you go actual space people who are more boring than shows that we watch. <laughs> okay, here's something else that I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the body count. For the entire series of Firefly was 77. The body count for the movie Serenity was 74. Wow. Including Wash. Yeah, Wash. Okay. Neil Patrick Harris auditioned to play the part of Simon Tam. Say that again. What? Neil Patrick Harris auditioned to play Simon. Oh, oh, was no. turned down for the role. No, the lab coat that he, the, the lab coat that Neil Patrick Harris wears in Doctor Horrible is the same lab coat that Simon wore in Firefly. <gasps> nice. Oh, that's awesome! That's fun trivia. That's fun trivia. Han Solo okay, made I, a cameo. Yeah, yeah, in the toy version of Han Solo, frozen in carbonite, did. Everyone knows that. Wait, wait, wait. I, f- oh. I found the lyrics, guys. I got I to gotta just read this to you. Bounce the graviton particle beam off the main deflector dish. That's what the way we do things, lad. We're making shit up as we wish. The Klingons and the Romulans pose no threat to us. Because if, bi- if we find we're in a bind, we just make some shit up. That is the <laughs> the song <Awesome>. goes. <laughs> Go find it, guys. Voltaire. <laughs> Oh, should we talk about our guests' stuff now? It was just one little, one, one other thing that... Uh, Is it going to be obvious, like the Carbonite one? Cause... Oh, quiet. Serenity, <laughs> the, the, the ship Serenity made an appearance in Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, in the opening uh, scene there. That's right. Really? In, yes. When the, doctor, 
when Laura Roslin is diagnosed with breast cancer, in the background, in the space, the Serenity flies by. Yeah, we didn't get that far in Battlestar. I actually did, and that was kind of cool. I yeah. liked that one a lot. Such a depressing series. It was Firefly? depressing. Super depressing. No, 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 no. Battlestar. No, no. Battlestar. BS. We didn't even oh, get yeah. through the miniseries. So, guys, we actually have a guest tonight. Do we? Oh. Wow. Really? <laughs> what a concept. Oh, wait, was this on mute? Oh, I'm sorry. Jeez. Oh, poor Josh. <laughs> Java, maybe you'd like to take our, it from our here? Guest tonight, our guest tonight is Josh Emmons from uh, Four Star Comics, right? And, uh, four Star Studios, but yeah. We four four Star Studios four Star and Double yeah. Feature, uh, from the, the makers of the Double Feature um, comic app for iPad. And also uh, your own series, which is called City of Sand. Is that right? That is yeah. Wait, a comic app so, I don't have? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I told you, I told you about it, and you should have downloaded it. It's a free app, um, and comics are available to download for um, ninety nine cents. I think was has been each issue thus far. Isn't that right, Josh? That, that is correct. And we are sticking firm to that. As very core, our belief is to how digital comics should be. So we're staying ninety nine cents. Yeah, and and uh, I, I met these guys uh, at Summit City Comic Con, and. While I was standing there, downloaded their app. Um, Is there a and, QR and code somewhere that we can embed in the website? Uh, no, I don't think so. All right, somebody it's send a, me a link to the. Can someone send me an iTunes Store link, and I, I can make one for you? Sure. Yeah, I will do that. Woo I love yeah, QR awesome. codes. All of you can take Double. your iPad 2s and scan it. <laughs> all, all eleven of us who have them. So what do you what do you do what do you use on the? I've used a few QR code readers on the iPhone on the iPad. And I've hated them all. What 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 do you like? I think mine is called Red Laser. Red yeah, Red Laser, Laser is a good one. Uh, I, 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 I don't think shot. I think it was free actually. Have you tried it? No. I even <laughs> use that no. on my Android. Yeah, you can actually. So, uh, Josh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Four Star Studios and Double Feature Comics, um, just to get us, those of us, those of our listeners who haven't already uh, used your app, what's yeah, going on? Double Feature is, well, Four Star Studios is just a small little collective uh, that we started here in Chicago with uh, a bunch of comic creators who were... Um, well, most of us were working from home, and then some of us were working uh, at the, uh, the old Devil's Due. Um, and Devil's Due, of course, shut down. Um, they had their desks there and realized, oh, gosh, we've got to go find new desks, right? <laughs> and then uh, the rest of us were uh, sitting around staring at our walls at home, and we thought, gosh, maybe we had to work from home, only not at home. So we got a little studio in uh, in Chicago, and we called it Four Star after the, the four stars on the Chicago flag. Um, and we've been uh, making stuff since. We started out just kind of coming here to work, but you know, you, you spend enough time sitting in proximity with guys, and you start coming up with projects and bouncing ideas on another. And uh, one of the first things that was kind of real pressing on our mind was 
uh, well, sorry, state digital comics we're in. We, uh, we, we all make our own comics, and we are all looking very eagerly uh, at digital, and we just weren't seeing it materializing. We were seeing, you know, Comixology uh, selling basically the equivalent of a scan that you would download, you know, off of a torrent site somewhere. No extra features, no special anything. No one uh, does that here. No, of course not. No, and I do not. And as a comic reader, I cannot condone such actions. But at the same time, you, you look at you look at the music problem, where people were downloading MP3s like that. You know, the the way that you convince people not to do that is not to charge, you know, three dollars for the exact same thing. You're already getting. That, that's just never going to be a strategy that works. Um, so we thought long and hard about how we wanted comics to be digitally and I happen to be a programmer so uh, I put something together and these guys happen to be artists and they did something together and we all wrote stuff and we called our friends and got them into it um, called in a lot of markers from all of the favors that the industry owed us and uh, we came up with a double feature and, and the cool thing about double feature is that it truly is a double feature comic. When you download one of these 99 cent digital comics, you are, are actually getting two comics. Uh, you're not just getting one, and they're both in the same genre. So um, right now I'm looking at it because I've got it open in front of me. Um, and the five comics that I have downloaded uh, are um, Action, Horror, Sci-Fi, Fantasy, and then Action Number 2. So, uh, you know... Where did the idea come? I want to talk about the other features of the app in a minute, but where did you come up with the idea for doing two comics in one? That was actually well. So, so let me talk a little bit about the involved here. Uh, Tim Seeley, who does Hackslash, um, and uh, Yay! Uh, wrote, I love yeah, that. we love Hackslash. I love that one. And, uh, wrote and drew the uh, the Ant Man Wasp uh, limited series uh, earlier um, uh, from Marvel. Uh, and has done various other things. And uh, Mike Norton, uh, longtime DC uh, artist, um, both ha uh, are both part of the studio and both a long time ago did Devil's Do and had an idea of doing an anthology thing. We, 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 we were kind of thinking back to what we read as kids, you know? And that used to be a real staple of the Marvel and DC uh, uh, of yesteryear was this kind of two stories packed into one. Um, the other thing we were really concerned with was, uh, you know, uh, Tim has never had a, a, an arc of backslash. I think that goes over three issues or something like that. We're very into more kind of compressed storytelling. We think that gives you more bang for your buck. Um, and we're seeing a lot of, um, you know, part one of six where nothing really happens until number four of six or so. <laughs> you know, a lot of bringing people along. Um, and so they were they were talking about doing a more compressed two-story thing just on their own and actually publishing it on paper and stuff called uh, Double Feature and registered that domain and everything like that. Um, when we started talking about how to get more value out of digital comics, that, of course, came up again. They're like, hey, you know, we, we still have that domain name and everything like that. Let's, let's run with that. So that's how we ended up with the idea of having uh, two stories put together in one. The other thing to consider is, you know, when you're, when you're making a comic for 99 cents, you got to cut, you know, whatever costs you can and when you're getting creative in on it, you have to you have to make sure that this is something that people can do in a not huge time span. You know, like your, your advertisers, you could probably assume could do 22 pages in about a month. That's more or less what they're guys are faster. There are guys who are a little slower, but you know, 22 pages in a month is is generally what you do. 
So if we were to ask a dude, hey, would you like to contribute a story in a double feature? It's 22 pages. That means this issue has to be a smashing success or he can't pay his rent that month. It's, it's a real problem. Whereas if we break it down in the smaller half issues, you know, to like, so two stories per issue, um, now he's responsible for like eight pages or something like that. That's something most artists can knock off in a week. So this is something that we, we by using our page count, by using the, uh, the kind of anthology format, we're enabling people to really tell interesting creative stories that they can swing for the fences on and not have to worry about appealing to a broad audience so that they can, you know, make their living. They can truly treat it as a side project. And but then it, if something has, like, major success, they can move on from it there. Ab absolutely. And that's something I want to stress is that everything in Double Feature creator-owned also, um, and, and not exclusive to Double Feature. They, they're usually debuting it in Double Feature because there's no other outlet for this kind of stuff. But if something takes off and they want to do an entire, you know, uh, series on it, they're free to do that. If they want to come back and do a story uh, month after month for Double Feature, that's great, too. So, but... The the you're not getting a smaller amount of content here i mean it, it's because you, you have two, the two of those half stories you know you, you're getting a, a a lot of content not only that but one of the features of the app which is i think is really awesome is the ability to look at different layers of the comic so you don't just see the finished finished page you can also go back and you can see uh what the comic looks like without um the the words the, the bubbles, and uh, so you can just see the art, and then you can even go back and see the, the sketches that the artist was doing um, when when they were starting to work on the page. Oh, cool. This means I can practice my inking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Whoa! All your roughs are on there, so you can go and you can... You mean you're tracing? <laughs> no, it's not tracing. I learned that. <laughs> and I'm not allowed to say that ever again, or I will hurt people's feelings. You've noticed <laughs> that, did you? not Yes, but, you know, I know but, better. I mean, not not only that, but there's there's uh, artist and and writer commentary, along with all of that stuff. So, I mean, it's the most in depth comic book app that I've ever seen because you you not only get a comic, but you also get to see the process that it took to get to the finished page, and and then you get to know what the artist and the writer w were thinking when they were doing it. And this is I think that's fantastic. Process. Yeah, this is and, and this is that those two things that actually those features were the thing that made this a go project for us, where because we were talking about we're like gosh we really can't make a you know we can't justify charging less than ninety nine cents for this thing, but do we have enough content to really make it worth ninety nine? Because I mean let's be honest for two dollars for three dollars you can go and you can download all right so for two dollars you can download a forty five minute episode of Firefly. That is what everybody who has digital content out there is up again. So are we good as half an episode of Firefly is, is, is what our benchmark is. Um, and, that's a tall you know, order, man. It's a super tall order, but that's, but that's what you know, digital content uh, distributors have to acknowledge. I mean, there's, it's not like it's not, it's not, they're not talking to a captive audience anymore. You're sitting to a, you're talking to a person who has an iPad and Angry Birds at their disposal. This is true. So actually, this this comes around to something else I wanted to ask you, and this may be completely obvious, but I don't have the app yet. Can you actually, are they CBR, CBZ resources? If, can I put this on my computer and read it also on my computer as well? 
No, we don't do the CBRCB thing inside the app because we couldn't figure out a way to really embed all of the commentary and extra process art that we needed in that format. I mean, it's essentially just a zip file, right? So we could make our own bastardized version of it. But we decided to go that route and we just have a zip file. For reading it on your computer, though, we do offer PDFs versions of it. And the reason we PDF was because... You know, you can read that on the computer, but you can also read that on, like, your Android device, or you can read that on your Nook or whatever. Um, and so we thought that was a little more uh, flexible than CB, CBZs. Well, see, now, you seem to get it. And the point is that people want their content, and they want it the way that they want it, and they don't want you to tell them how to, how to view it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I, I think, well, to a certain extent, I think that's true, and that's definitely why we do the PDF. On the other end of it, I mean, I think, that, I think that the rule is, and it's a little bit of a squishy rule, but I think it's that if the person who is providing you with content doesn't get it, then you don't want them telling you how to look at their content, right? right but right. if the person who's giving you the content has been hit with a clue stick, they can do really interesting <laughs> things if they tell you how to do it. So, I mean, because that's what we're doing with Double Feature. We're saying, here's this comic. We think that you really want to be able to flip back and forth between the penciled ink and colored versions of pages. We think you want content to be able to pop on the side of it. We're not giving you the option. In that. We're not saying, hey, flip through these pages any way you want. Do this. Stuff. We have a very specific idea. Like there's a page flip animation. Um, we don't do zooming, which uh, is, is a fairly opinionated stance to take on that, I guess. But we think ultimately it ends up in a better product. And we think that we as you know creators and publishers and designers have a fairly good idea about how that should work as compared to other people that are i mean you know you have like uh the marvel and the your comic book companies they're trying to work with technology and it never works or comicsology which is a te- technology company is trying to work with comic books and it didn't work we've got a much more we, we like to think that we know what we're doing, and we're trying to give the benefit of that to you also. But if you're full of shit, then you can also get the yeah. <laughs> Well, my, my point is that like people who want to pay for it on their iPad, and then pay for it again on the computer, and then pay for it again on their Android, they're just not going to. And yeah. pay for it again in print. In print, yes, of course. But, um... Right. Oh, crap, what was I just saying? Oh, man, I had something to say to Reconfigure the yeah. shield emitters. To... <laughs> oh boy! No, um, it's a fantastic app, and I really encourage anybody who has an iPad to download it. Oh, um, that's what I was going to ask. Cause it's iPad only, right? It is iPad only. That's another decision we made design-wise. Uh, we like I, I think said, that's a fabulous is... decision because I personally have tried to read comics on my phone, and it's just miserable. It doesn't work, right? It's, no. It's... I have seen comics that work on the phone, but those ones that they've broken it apart panel by panel and like presented a panel per screen. Um, it's a pain that, in the ass. It's, it's a horrible so much, pain in the it's ass. It's so much work, and there's so much work that goes into composing a page that you know there's a, there's a flow to a page, and yes. to break that up is almost like either you decide that you're going to go for the phone to begin with, and then you just end up with like you know. A, a, a nine panel grid on every page or you decide you know what I'm going to make this for a page size device we've got you know a plethora of color page size devices out there right now um, and, so and then when you do it for the phone you sacrifice any sort of longer panels or sort of spreads things like that yeah absolutely it's a, it's a huge problem so um, 
can we let's talk a little bit about the about the content because the the app is fantastic, um, and all of the features that add to the comics. But um, why don't you talk a little bit about some of the stories? Sucks, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If the content doesn't doesn't live up, you know, the app isn't isn't going to be useful. So uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the comics. You you have them split up into genres because they are double features, and, and uh, I mentioned them before. Uh, you have action comics and horror comics. You seem to cover every genre of comics, almost. Um, well, here's the thing. We, we cover every genre of most media that, for some reason, is not really represented in comics anymore. I mean, comics... And, 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 and I'm fully aware that there's uh, you know, a, a vibrant indie scene and that there are a lot of people who read other stuff, but like, what's a name-brand sci-fi comic right now? Name-brand fantasy comic. Yeah, you know... It's like I don't know that I would. Prefer, I think there are two problems with Doctor Who. It's it's you know I don't know how many people really carry that in their shops, and it's not it's not a comic for comic's sake. It's a spinoff from a TV series. Same thing goes for of. you know Stargate and whatnot. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's true. No, there, it's true. I, There's I mean, not I, a lot of science fiction comics. Right except now. for you know what I, I I did see, and this is. To to uh, talk about one of our former Harlan Ellison's uh, Phoenix Rising was was a sci-fi comic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh. So I mean, that and that was a good that was a good comic. Mm-hmm. They're out that, there, but was, you're right. They're not. But it was a not, mini. It, it was a mini. It wasn't an ongoing. Yeah. Right. How many superheroes compared to that? It, right. Yeah. If you talk to a person on the street and they, they oh hey, or, I'm a comic book fan. What they are, what 99 times out of 100, what they're actually saying is I am a fan of the superhero genre, and that's that's a sad that's a sad statement to have to make about comics right now. So we really wanted to you know go back to like the horror comics from when we were that we enjoyed as kids and uh, fantasy and sci-fi. And we also do some superhero stuff. But of course, these genres. Just to, to, to force our creators to kind of reach outside of the box a little bit, and and the comics really do kind of kind of go out in all directions. I mean, um, I I read uh, let me see it was the horror Kid Cthulhu. Kid Cthulhu, um, yeah, yeah, I love that one. I mean, <laughs> it was it was fantastic, and uh, in the sci-fi one, um, I, I'm I'm still I've read it three times and I'm still not quite sure what's going on in K. Ross. <laughs> I really, I, I, I really don't know. The end of two thousand one. It's it's gorgeous. Something is going on, and I don't know what, but I don't care anymore because. It's just, <laughs> yeah. Can't okay. say that I blame you. Yeah. But I mean, the content really does live up to the to the expectations of the app. I mean, it and and you when you read these stories because they're so short. And, I mean, I I think I I saw I actually booted up the app for the first time in a while. Um, today, to, and and there was uh, uh, action number two that just came out, and yeah. I think I read through those two comics in, in probably about twenty five minutes or so. That's and and uh, you know uh, they if I if I wanted to put them down in the middle I could because I was already done with one story, but they were both fantastic uh, stories. Um, and you now, know they, now, now let me ask you just for our own you know market research purposes 25 minutes is that also looking through the uh the uh no the phr and the commentary or is that no it, it's not um i didn't even dig into that i just wanted okay, to read so, the story so we're doing pretty good on the, you know we should provide a half an hour of uh of content kind of rubric there then yeah 
and 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 I'll go I'll go back and I'll look at it again. You know, uh-huh. probably um, when I get a chance. Probably. That's no, good that's thinking, not, though. I, I mean, that's for your business plan. That's good thinking of how much do you need. Well, yeah. I mean, for example, one of those comics is called The Liar, and and uh, it, strangely, it's a little bit science fictiony, and uh, <laughs> it is right. <laughs> and, and I really kind of wanted to know, you know, what what the artist was thinking or the what the writer was thinking when we were going through it, because the, it was an interesting story. It was unexpected, and I really enjoyed it. And that's like that. I mean, and that's a Gabriel Hardman book. I mean, I don't know if you guys know uh, Gabriel, but I mean, he's he's a fantastic artist, like it, it, super in demand. It, I, I believe he's in Marvel right now. I, I'm not entirely sure, but he you know had this story that he and Crane uh, wanted to tell, and you know this guy who does all this work for Marvel can't get this story told there. That's that just seems weird. It's 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 kind of a spy thriller. So you know, clearly, where are they going to put that in their, you know, in their shared universe? It, it makes a little sense, but there would be some sort of uh, market for these uh, kind of short anthologies, these sort of places where you can test stuff out. Yeah, and this is perfect because you get a little hit of comics, you know, just right when you want it, and it's it's you know, honestly, it's it's a no brainer. It's it's ninety nine cents to download each issue. You know, I mean. I'll I'll buy an app because I, I I like the name of it for ninety nine cents. You know, it's like a drop yeah. in the bucket. I yeah, I don't right want to. I get I get into trouble actually. Like, yeah, it's ninety nine cents. It's a dollar ninety nine. I think ninety nine cents for half an hour of entertainment. That's fair. Totally fair. That's I agree. Fair. I agree. And the cool thing is that you ha- you're going to end up with a great library of comics from some fantastic artists and writers. I mean, it's just. And I can guarantee you, some of these guys, you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, a year, two years from now, you're gonna look back and say, you know, like how you see, you, you go back and you watch an old movie, and you're like, oh crap, that actor that I know from this TV show was in this early thing. Oh yeah. You're gonna see yep. that with a lot of these guys. Super. Yeah. We're looking forward uh, to it. See, and the best thing about it is that people know with digital things, distribution models at this point, they know that you make it one time and it costs zero dollars to sell you each copy. And now the publishing companies in the ebook market right now are trying to pretend that it still costs ten dollars for them to produce yeah. an ebook, which is absolutely ridiculous. You are you are one hundred percent correct there, but let me also let you in on the huge secret of e publishing. And that is an issue never gets taken off the shelf. Exactly. Every so we do this we, every month. We release a new thing of uh, double feature. Every time we release a new issue, we're up to action number two now. Action number one still sells multiple copies every time we release a new issue because somebody new hears about it and they say they don't they don't have to start from issue number five of whatever. And it doesn't have cost to you a damn package. thing to keep it on the shelf. No, it just is up there forever. And so it's pure it, profit because you're not spending anything to sell that issue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. Oh, I like that's, when people get it. <laughs> and that's and, and let me just I mean it clearly it sounds like you get it, but for the uh, audience members out there, a huge thing about not spending money to keep things up there is you don't have to the less you have to invest up front, the less you feel the pressure to make it back on uh, on the back end. Our cost for putting something out there is zero. That means we can tell, like the story we were talking about earlier, Kairos. This is a fan. I don't know exactly what's going on in it. Let me tell you, it looks gorgeous. Oh, it's beautiful. 
It's and it, it, with colors, it would never work in print. It can only be a digital comic. Um, and that would not get picked up anywhere. If, if we had to pay $50 to put that thing up there, we would be thinking, oh, but I think people won't get it. We don't want to lose $50, so we're just going to pass on that, right? We don't have to say that. We say There's this is zero dollars. No risk to you. Right. And that, and that, the, the less the risk to the creator, the more interesting, more creative they can be. And that translates directly to their stories for our readers. So True. if Firefly had come through you guys first, it would still be on the air. Oh, for, for, a, for a number of reasons, it would still be on the air, yes. I don't feel like there is any risk with that show, but clearly I, uh, I am wrong. <laughs> no, but this, this is great because it, being that there is, you know, approaching zero risk, um, it allows the artists and writers and everyone to be so creative and just do off-the-wall things that they would never normally do because it's so risky, which then allows, you know, the consumer benefits yes, every absolutely. single time. And they make Everybody. more money. Everyone is happy. Everyone benefits. <laughs> everyone <laughs> should. You everyone win. should and you get win. double feature. And also comedy. you. <laughs> now, Josh, in your email, you, you mentioned that you, you really wanted to talk about your your own project, City of Sand. Um, I, you what, know what? I I never want to talk about it. I feel I feel very when something that I do it makes me nervous to talk about it. But I feel like if my New Year's resolution is to talk about it more. So I'm going to try. <laughs> Please do, okay. because i got to tell you, I've been looking at it. I freaking love it. It's really, really pretty, man. Well, thank you so much. Yes. Very well, I, I can't give um, credit for any of the prettiness. The prettiness is all uh, my artist, Katie Cook, who did the uh, first issue for me, who also does from Comic Rock. If you guys haven't read that, if you're a fan of cute things, just go to Katie Cook's homepage and follow it right now. It's a, a cute thing a day. It's, it's gorgeous. Um, and then Mike Norton, my studio mate here, has been doing the art for me since uh, and, and been super happy with that also. But uh, City of Sand is a uh, it's a webcomic, an ongoing webcomic, in theory, updated Monday, so I have the last two because I just had a boy. And it's uh, been keeping me pretty busy. But there will be a new one this Monday and every Monday thereafter until something else drastic happens, maybe the hurricane, who knows. Uh, but it's a nice little fantasy story. Um, I, I like to think of it as a, uh, a Disney princess story only with real danger and uh, demons. <laughs> but, there we uh, go. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's one of those things that just didn't work anywhere else. It's, it's, a, it's a very long, ongoing story in my head. Um, it doesn't break itself down into chapters particularly well. Um, and God, we have a DM of webcomics right now that lets you do long ongoing things for uh you know again close to zero investment fantastic well josh thanks for coming on i we really appreciate it your your app is wonderful and i hope you keep us updated as as far as what's going on with double feature and four star studios yeah you, you better you. send us an email when something new comes out yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely you, you guys you guys are on the list Sweet. yay Oh, we're on somebody's list. That's always a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on what list it is. <laughs> oh, is that... Did I have to do the thing now? Sorry. You think? <laughs> Shall we do the calendar? <laughs> Reroute power to the forward coupler coils. <laughs> there we go. 
Quick, All get into right. the Jeffrey's tubes. <laughs> <laughs> Only if Jeffrey's approves. <laughs> All right, on September 3rd, Dead Redhead and the rest of the game will give somewhat of an overview of the third annual Exeter New Hampshire UFO Festival. But more importantly, we'll have Mike Doherty from the end talking about the end of the Brown Coats Redemption series. Uh, guests from the Great New England Steampunk Festival will be joining us on September 10th. On September 20th, uh, se- I'm sorry, boy, it's one of those things to do with the hurricane, I'm sure. On September 17th, we're not going to have a show because we would like to have you find us at the Great New England Steampunk Exposition. We hope you will see folks there. And on September 24th, will be our 100th show with special guest host Peter Vinton. Please tune in for all of the surprises we'll have then. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic Con and of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic artwork. Please visit Bob and Kim at ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original artwork from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music is provided by Zenoise. Please pick up their CD, The Benevolent Beast, on iTunes. Please take it, Dome. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Help us out here. I want to thank our guest tonight, Josh Emmons. Thank you, Josh. His webcomic is called City of Sand. He's also part of the series Double Feature, which he helped create. Check out his feature, Radbots, which is in the latest sci-fi issue of Double Feature. Thank you guys very much. It's been a lot of fun. Hey, it was a lot of fun for us. From uh, the Austin Brighton. No, he's not, she's not from the Austin Brighton bunker. She's from the Revere Time Vortex. I want to thank the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana. And Grammar uh, Girls on Prairian. Thank you much, girls. The time slip may actually be flash flooding right now. So. Yeah, I know. It's pretty much happening everywhere else. From the Four Color Vault of Comics, thank you, Dead Redhead X. We miss you. Get your butt back here, goddammit. <laughs> I'm going to go trip over some more wires, I think. <laughs> and from Outpost Gallifrey, our gaming editor, thank you, Java. Surf's up, guys. This is the dome saint, Genie. Too soon. Shared pain is lessened. Shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Stay dry, everybody. Good night. Good night. Calibration is locked and normal. Diagnostic underway. Affirmative.